Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Comic-Con Podcast, Season 2, Episode 18. Happy May the 4th. Unfortunately, May the 4th has already passed because you're listening to this on the 6th, but we are recording this on May the 4th, of course, Star Wars Day. I am one of your hosts for the night, the Nemesis Prime. And I always have my buddy with me. Well, most of the times, but I'm glad he's here this week. We got Zach. What's going on, buddy? What's up, everybody? Yep, I'm here this week. Avoided the busy schedule. Always happy to be here when I am. And uh, got a lot of topics to talk about, I feel like. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, before we get into anything, you don't have to worry about spoilers for Doctor Strange. So, of course, like I said, we're recording this night. on Wednesday. What? Or Moon Knight. Or Moon Knight. We're not going to be talking about those. Uh, of course, Doctor Strange, Zach and I will be seeing Moon Knight, or we'll be seeing Doctor Strange. Uh, we'll be doing a bonus content for that, and Moon Knight will be reviewing it next week, so everyone gets a nice full week, and I'll get another week to divulge the whole season, because I've only watched uh, part of the last episode. I haven't completed it, oh, so okay. yeah, and then I kind of want to rewatch some of it to kind of have a, you know, have a good talk about it next week, so uh before we get into everything because like zach said we do have a lot of stuff to talk about we're all today's gonna be a big star wars day dc stuff uh tonight's episode is actually brought to you by the three men in a basement comic swap so if you're in the connecticut area next week on saturday may 14th hop on over to the angry hair over on 102 Payne road in newington connecticut three men in a basement youtube channel and uh IG guys over there, they are putting on their three MIB comic swap. What a comic swap is? Well, it's similar to a normal one day comic show. People from the community or vendors, uh, you can buy, you could sell, you can trade. I'll be bringing probably a short box of slabs because I have way too many. <laughs> uh, it is from 10 o'clock to four o'clock. They got some food trucks, they got DJs. If you want to contact them, go ahead and follow them on their Instagram at Three men in a basement over on IG, or you can also email them at three men in a basement at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to check them out. I will be there next Saturday in Connecticut, rocking with the community, of course, buying, selling, and trading some stuff. So make sure you check out the comic book swap on May the 14th. Let's get right into this. Um, another quick shout out this morning. I was uh, able, I worked from home, I was able to jump on our buddy PJ, the Sith Cast podcast over on YouTube. Uh, check out the Sithcast podcast on all the major podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. If you're a Star Wars collector, whether it's statues, figurines, hot toys, make sure you go check out PJ because uh, they do a lot of good stuff over there oh, especially yeah. for Star Wars. So I uh, want to give a shout out to PJ. I was able to jump on there and talk for an hour. Just nothing but Star Wars. So um, it's fun. Uh, go check out his uh, YouTube channel. You'll be able to see me and talk. Just, uh, just go crazy with May the 4th stuff. So speaking of May the 4th. Let's get right into it. Of course, the the biggest thing that dropped on May the 4th is the Kenobi second trailer. So, Zach, since I've been speaking for a long time, I need myself mm -hmm. a drink. What did you <laughs> think about the Kenobi trailer? You know, it was awesome. Um, obviously, we've talked about Kenobi for a while now, and <clears throat> I've been pretty excited about it. because, like, I think I've said it multiple times. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi is the underrated best Jedi of all time. And, uh, you know, it was really cool. I think you and I, I said it as well off offline here before we started that uh i thought we maybe get more from uh may the 4th and just kind of getting a trailer it was good i don't want to down downplay the trailer but i mean a trailer for something that's coming out here in a couple of weeks like i could have waited it would have been cool to see something new um for may the 4th but <clears throat> that being said the trailer was awesome we got a closer look at a lot of the characters um in fact i didn't even realize um what's his name uh Kumail, Kumail, right from yeah. Eternals. 
-hmm. didn't realize he was in it. I didn't see his like role until we watch it again right now. Uh, we got a better look at the uh, the Inquisitors, um, and of course, there's always like you know the 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 Darth Vader tease as well, um, which to me is kind of like the least exciting part. I know everyone's like, oh man, I Darth Vader, but it's like, dude. We know what Darth Vader looks like. I want to see these new characters. You know, what I mean? like, we yeah. know what Darth Vader's story is going and everything. Like, that, there's no surprises with Vader, but uh, everyone else it would be really cool. So um, it was fun. I'm, I'm excited, man. A couple of weeks. It's, it's crazy to think it's so close. Yeah, it's it's going to only be six six episodes. The first two episodes are dropping that week uh, yeah. on May 27th, which is crazy. So that means it's only really five weeks of shows, not six weeks of shows. So, um. Some great takeaways. Uh, my favorite thing in the entire trailer, other not visually, but more, and I said this on PJ's uh, the podcast this morning, was the conversation between Owen Lars and Obi-Wan yeah. about how, you know, Obi-Wan talks about training Luke, and then Lars said, and Owen says, well, just like you trained his father. And you're just yes. like, oh, my God. Throwing drop. shade, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of course, you got Joel Egerton coming back, playing Owen Lars, like we've seen him in. Um, attack of the clones as well as revenge of the sith so that's really cool we of course get a little bit more of reva who we now confirmed is the third sister of the inquisitors which they have never shown her before there's no back backstory so in my opinion i she'll probably end up being unfortunately i don't think this is spoiler i just think she's probably not going to survive the show that's mm -hmm. my guess I, I don't think she's going to be uh after right. these six episodes, I think she'll either get killed by Kenobi or maybe Vader will kill her because uh, if you played Fallen Order, there's an issue, same thing that happens in that. So I'm thinking one of those two people will definitely uh, die. And like you said, we got to see Kamar. I'm thinking you and I kind of discussed it. We think that if you see the trailer, if you pause it at the right time, he looks like he's wearing like Jedi robe. Mm -hmm. So we think that's, I'm thinking that's like right, right in the beginning. I'm thinking that's like episode one. Like the Inquisitors are hunting this Jedi who's still around and they're just going to kill him. That's my guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't get a lot. If you're in Jedi garb and you're not Obi-Wan, you're not lasting very long. Probably. <laughs> um, we do get, you know, Reva does talk about bringing out bounty hunters. Uh, we right. do get a real clean shot of Forlom. So mm -hmm. Forlom and Zuckus are two bounty hunters that have always worked together. Last time we saw them was way, way back in Empire Strikes Back when the the Empire was looking to hunt down Han Solo when that, you know, you get to see all the bounty hunters, of course, on the, the Star Destroyer. So, you know, seeing Forlom there, um, maybe we're going to get Zekas. I'm thinking Cad Bane could show up again. I'm hoping maybe, maybe a Fennec Shand. I don't know but, about her, but I mean, she'd still be around because she was, <clears throat> or she'd still be that age because she showed up in Bad Batch also. Yeah. So yeah, we could see her. Like I said, you could see Cad Bane, you know, all these costumes are done. Mm -hmm. you know they're bring, like they said reva says she's bringing they're looking to get the scum out of you know to bring kenobi out so uh i mean it looks really great and of course the ending stuff with just the vader you know being put together um not really sure why he's being put together <laughs> right but, yeah thought that was uh, thought we saw that in revenge of the sith already <laughs> right does he take his arms off like regularly or something i don't know yes um, unless he's coming out of the bantha tank right i guess so but yeah, you like know, you said, a lot of Inquisitor stuff in this one. One of the the things that I thought, well, a couple of things to touch on that um, the Owen Lars stuff is really cool. I think um, obviously when you see A New Hope, you get the vibe that like Owen Lars doesn't really know that much about Obi-Wan in terms of like his Jedi past. And so this is kind of showing a little bit more 
like he probably does know, you know, like and he was just hiding it from Luke. So I think that's cool. That dynamic should be really interesting. Um, and then it also seems like there's something personal about Reva with Obi-Wan. Um, cause I, I don't know mm. whose voice it is who's saying it, but he's like, you're finally going to get your chance at Obi-Wan or something like that. And it seems like, and obviously it could be edited, correct. You know, it could be edited mm. to, to come out this way, but it seems like they're talking to Reva about it. Like, like she has a ax to grind on Obi-Wan for some reason. So um, that could be interesting. What was, I know there was a lot of, and hate is probably too strong a word, but uh, unhappiness about the Grand Inquisitor's look. And we got a better picture of him in this one. And obviously we're closer now to the show coming out. So probably whatever we saw here in this is what we're going to see in the show. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to do any type of post editing. The only thing that you could do is maybe change up the eyes, which is something that people have said. Mm-hmm. Again, I said this today on uh, on PJ's on the Sith cast podcast. You know, you when you first saw the Grand Inquisitor, you saw him on Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Rebels. The cartoon has a different feel than Star Wars. Right. Clone the animation is different for yeah, sure. The animation is completely different. And I said this. I said, look at it like this. You have Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan in Clone Wars is different than how she looks like in Rebels, how she looks like in Mandalorian. And I like Bo-Katan in Clone Wars better than I like her in the Rebels. Even though like I like her as a character, I just think her style looks better. But of right. course, then it's like, well, I like... But then I like Ahsoka better in Rebels because she just looks... Obviously, she's older. She's got cooler looking garb. And, you know, it's Ahsoka. But that's what it is. Like, I think people are trying to compare somebody who is in star wars rebels to live action and i don't think they're going to get that but then people are like well the species that he is the grand inquisitor is is the characters that are in revenge of the sith when obi-wan goes to utapal right uh, you see those type of characters so it's like well it's been done they look like vampires kind of almost yes exactly but you know it is what it is i I don't think everything's going to be down to a t perfect but I still think he looked great. Like when he was walking through what looks like Tatooine with the uh, two other Inquisitors, uh, you had the fifth brother on the one side, and we still don't know who the other female Inquisitor is. I'm thinking maybe the fifth sister or uh, the second sister, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. But I think the, the show's going to be amazing. I don't. I think everybody after, you know, we've talked about it on the Book of Boba Fett, I think that was kind of a letdown, and I don't think they're going to do that with this show. Yeah, I don't there's too much uh there's too much importance to the character of Obi-Wan as well as the actor Ewan McGregor as well. You know what I mean? Like if they're going to go all in on a movie or a show, this is going to be the one. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to no one's going to mess up Obi-Wan Kenobi, like fan favorite character of Star Wars lore. Um and I think it's kind of like what you said too, like a lot of people not being happy with Boba Fett, a lot of people not being happy with uh, the sequel trilogy. Um, this really speaks towards the, you know, the Skywalker stuff as opposed to like Mandalorian and Boba Fett. So it's kind of gives them a chance. This, I mean, honestly, if you think about it after, um, rise of Skywalker, this is really the first foray back into the Skywalker saga for them. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, Hey man, like this is your core story right here. Like don't mess this up. Um, so maybe it's going to give them a chance to kind of you know, put a better taste in people's mouth after the sequel saga, their sequel trilogy. So I can't wait, man. I I love Ewan McGregor. Like I said, I love Obi-Wan. Even with the Inquisitors, it's such a great, like, it's like, it's not the Sith, but they're kind of Sith-y, you know what I mean? Like, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it, it's gonna be really cool i'm excited for like the like you said the bounty hunter stuff anyone can show up dude i mean you might even see boba fett flying in the background or something like that like yeah pj pj asked me do i think we were gonna see that and i said no i think there's gonna you can't bring too many bounty hunters i think right. uh you want to bring some of those newer bounty hunters that showed up in in book of boba fett and mandalorian bring those characters kind of back around when's the last to, time we saw bosk uh same thing empire uh he was in clone wars the animated yeah. with like boba fett when he was a kid with aura singh but you know valance we're, we're what if you away. see valance in there maybe i don't know yeah i don't know you never know Who there's potential for anyone to really show up in this show which could be really fun you know yeah, so three weeks away. I'm sure we'll we'll definitely be doing a preview, obviously before, and then you know how we always rock our reviews mid mid season and then final review. And I think that's going to be a fun one because, you know, right now, obviously, again, we're not going to be talking about Moon Knight till next week. We have three weeks of no Disney Plus stuff. Yeah. Wow. Other than, I mean, this week, if you really want to space a week out, they had they did drop the Star Wars gallery on the Book of Boba Fett. So if you kind of want to watch the behind the scenes, which I haven't watched yet, but I'll be checking that out. That's typically like a one hour review and kind of you see all the behind the scenes stuff. So um, I'm excited to watch that because they do talk about how they had Mark Hamill on set as Luke Skywalker with Rosario Dawson as um, Sokotano. So that looked really cool. I saw some screenshots. So I'm excited to check that out. And how they did the whole de-aging process so mm -hmm. interesting stuff but let's get on to some of the articles tonight it is uh it's kind of dc heavy so um let's get right into uh what i say is you know let's uh let's do a moment of silence for some of our fallen soldiers <laughs> um <laughs> with that being said that was my moment of silence um over at screenrant.com is the Arrowverse in trouble? New cancellations are another bad sign. So, of course, last week uh, they announced quite a bit of cancellations and not only with the TVs, but as far as movies. So uh, on the movie side, real quick, they did report that the Wonder Twins movie is being canceled. No, DC, yeah, I know everyone's <laughs> like, no, I'm glad. I Hey, listen, you know, it's great. It's like I had a Wonder Twins one, sent it in the CBCS, had it graded and sold it. Thank God I sold that before nice. the news dropped. But the article talks about the cancellations of DC's television shows Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow has called the continued existence of the CW's Arrowverse into question. So we just finished up season three of Batwoman. Legends of the Tomorrow is on, I believe, season seven. And now both of these are done after this. So, of course, Batwoman literally wrapped up about a month or two ago. It is what it is. It, it kind of had a send-off where if it didn't continue, that's fine. Legends of Tomorrow is a show that I literally dvr every week and i kind of binge watch it towards like whenever i get a chance mm -hmm. but with that being said you know you have the only ongoing shows right now that you have are you have the flash that's been around for quite a while we of course have my favorite show superman and lois we have naomi which is you know still going through season one i believe there's one more episode and then maybe i'll do a, a final review on that and then um star girl you know, we, we're still in limbo. I think I'm sure that's coming back for season three. You know, season two definitely ended where they are doing a season three. So I don't know. It's tough to find out like what what's going on with all these shows. Like, is this whole Warner Brothers Discovery merger, you know, a reason? Like, what's going on over there? Like, or is there just too many shows on the CW and they want to try something that's, you know, fits the bill of, you know, how we always talk about what's, you know, what's going on in the world these days. So first off, Stargirl and, uh, well, is Stargirl considered Arrowverse? I know like after the, the crisis 
event, a lot of things were like, oh, they're kind of all in the same multiverse. But technically, Stargirl's not really Arrowverse, right? Stargirl wasn't for season one, mm-hmm. but season two kind of linked it. Okay. And then Lois and Clark is is also kind of Arrowverse in terms of the fact that like that actor played Superman in Supergirl. But do they even really reference any of the events from like the Arrowverse? No. Um, Superman and Lois, both of them, they did show up in the crossover the right. Crisis on Infinite Earths. But yeah, they really never reference anything. They never talk about, oh, you know, hey, my cousin Supergirl or right. You know, any and of even stuff. like the Lex Luthor stuff's different as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's it's almost like a, an alternate version of that guy, kind of, you could almost say, like a different universe of that actor. Yeah, the only thing I think you see is, um, trying to think does john diggle show up i feel like i saw him in one episode and i could be wrong and, and someone's probably yelling at their whatever uh <laughs> format they're listening to this but i feel like i've seen diggle show up on the show hmm. that could be just the flash now that i'm thinking about that so i guess my my opinion is this like so I, I watched um <clears throat> the arrowverse religiously until the infinite cry or the, the crisis event or whatever were all uh-huh. of them and it was good and then i just kind of once arrow and I, I finished out arrow once arrow ended i pretty much stopped um and to be honest like i, I can see the cw they there is a need to move on properly i mean you can't you've now lost like your your keys shit your universe is called arrowverse and arrow's not even there anymore so that's that's a big problem that's a big branding problem right there but uh-huh. um you kind of do got to start over move on and, and do something and it was really cool at the time. Like the idea was so great. Legends of the Tomorrow was good originally. I liked it because you had all these secondary tertiary characters that were cool in like the main shows who weren't getting enough time. And then they got more game time in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. But for me, Legends of Tomorrow also was very zany and kind of like, it was like weekly. I, the first two seasons I felt like had a plot in each season. You know what I mean? Um, a mm-hmm. stronger plot. And then as it went on, I definitely lost interest in Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I like the changing of the characters. Like, yeah. the beginning seasons were great. I mean, you had, you know, Hawkman, Hawkgirl. Right. You had Heatwave. Vandal Savage was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You had cool villains. You know, then they brought on Vixen. Like, I was, I like the, I like that. But then, yeah, then it kind of, I thought, I really thought when they were going into that magic season and they were bringing Constantine, I was like, man, mm-hmm. I really hope they're going to do a little bit more on the magic side. And like jail users, dark but, type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it just never panned out that way. Like, it yeah, was the stuff with, the stuff with Vixen was weird too. Like where she, she like lost her memories and then they would, they would see her in like alternate versions of her. And then, uh, the ISIS stuff was weird. I don't know. It just, yeah, yeah. it lost me for sure. Yeah, I agree. But uh, the uh, so the article also talks about obviously upcoming projects. So you know they did talk about the the Gotham Knights and okay. Justice U. So Gotham Knights we know is based on the Bat Family. You know we do know that we're getting uh, Stephanie Brown as one of the characters, and we also know that we're getting Harper Rowe from the Batverse uh, and Justice U. I, I haven't heard anything about that, but. I guess, you know, you have to cancel shows to bring on new shows, maybe for budgetary reasons. Maybe mm-hmm. just, again, you can't have, you can't be running a whole channel of just superhero shows, right? Like, right. I think that's, it kind of dilutes all these characters and people that are not huge fans of whether it's DC or superheroes aren't going to sit around on the CW every night because they're like, oh, another, another superhero show, right? I mean, right. I'm fine with it. Like I record everything. I, I don't mind watching a superhero show every night, but yeah, it does. 
does bog down the the scheduling if someone's like wanting to see something else that's on CW. Well, they also have just big, you know, they have big blocks of stuff they can't tackle. Like there's always been the big uh, looming hole of the Bat family in in the Arrowverse for the most part. You know what I mean? Batwoman kind of tackled that a little bit. Batwoman had its own problems by itself, but (laughs) there hasn't ever been in also in the Arrowverse, there's never been anything really Wonder Woman-esque, you know, and now with like, obviously there's certain titles DC doesn't want to be on Arrow and be done better. I think they're looking, I think they look at the fact that flash is so perfect, like as a character and as a show on the Arrowverse, it's like, Oh damn, well the movie can never be as successful as the show would be. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially with Ezra Miller. But um, yeah, you know, they, they have like characters they can't touch. Um, it's tricky. It's very tricky. So I think it's probably time, dude. It's probably time to uh, reset the Arrowverse. Let it, uh, go off into oblivion and then you know try something new yeah just, it does not have to be over to hbo max yeah. i mean that's yeah that, you know that's that's kind of that's uh where a lot of things are happening obviously dc titans is popular and that that's getting another season uh peacemaker peacemaker was yeah. was a great spinoff and that kind of leads segues into my next article um so over at variety uh two things well one thing that was announced last week and then something that was just announced this week so uh, on the first thing that we have, so Kite Man animated series is coming to HBO Max. And this is over at DCComics.com. Uh, this was posted last week. So, of course, if you have not watched the Harley Quinn animated show, please do so. I think that like HBO Max was the perfect place. It's the perfect style. It's great. And Kite Man is such a <laughs> G-level character. <laughs> yes. And he was so perfect like in the show. So he's getting his own spinoff series. On top of getting a new season for Harley Quinn, uh, I'm definitely excited to see this. I cannot wait to see what ragtag villains from the from the Batman <laughs> universe that they're going to bring in. But um, another thing over at Variety is Variety. Viola Davis is in talks to star as Amanda Waller in Peacemaker spinoff series at HBO Max. And that is just posted today on uh, actually well, yesterday, May the 3rd. So. You know, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen, seen Peacemaker, um, you get five, four, three, two, one. At the end, uh, Viola Davis's character gets outed as, you know, being the parter, parter of uh, Amanda Waller, Task Force mm-hmm. X. It's like a big thing. So with that being said, now that's kind of brought to the public that Suicide Squad is a, is a public thing. Obviously, James Gunn doing the Suicide Squad movie that, you know, everything is part of that DC you if you want to talk about it but right i think amanda waller could be you know interesting to have as a you know her own show because you could you don't have to do like a full show where it's the suicide squad you can you know less it down to you know you could put like one or two characters in there and just have her run the show basically what are your thoughts on some stuff for uh whether it's kite man or uh the amanda waller (laughs) well i didn't watch I, i i haven't watched the harley quinn animated show um that's not to say that I won't. I just I, I don't have any plans on do on doing so anytime soon. Uh, I probably won't watch the Kite Man for that, you know, unless I watch the Harley Quinn. But I, that's not to say that I don't think that stuff's cool. Like you know, I've heard a lot of good things about Harley Quinn. Everyone says it's really good. I should watch it. I just haven't got around to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, more animated stuff is great. You know, have fun with it. You know, and please, I mean, you're never going to see Kite Man anywhere else, probably. So go for it. Um, 
Oh yeah. The Amanda Waller I mean, there's stuff. There's so many great characters in in Harley Quinn. Like yeah. obviously Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, uh, you know, uh, King Shark. But I mean, just the the actress actors and actresses that play them, like uh, Kelly Kogo, who plays Harley Quinn. Like Lake Bell is hilarious. She's mm. that like that. She just has that way of talking to somebody, and it's just hilarious as yeah. as Poison Ivy. I um. Yeah, the the Amanda Waller stuff, I think that's really cool. I liked her, you know, she had a presence in Peacemaker, but it wasn't like overwhelming, which is always something you got to be kind of worried about when they you have a show like that and you have a big character like Amanda Waller. She you felt the presence, you obviously had her daughter in there who was kind of like the stand-in for her, but a different version of her. Um and we saw her what? I think you only really saw her twice in the whole show. Is that right? Maybe like the yeah, first like episode the and then in the, the end. end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I could see an Amanda Waller show doing well. But I think the trick is kind of like what you said. I think you got to get away somewhat of the uh, the Suicide Squad formula. You know what I mean? Like if you want to do something really cool with Amanda Waller, like do something different. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't even have a good idea of what that would be because usually she only operates in like the government and running these little hit squads, you know? So you want to do something cool with Amanda Waller, either team her up. I think something would be really awesome. Team her up with like a which it'll never happen probably in, you know, uh, HBO max, but team up with like a big hero or like a big character. She never gets like a Batman or a Superman necessarily, you know, like Mm -hmm. give her someone like a big character, a big justice leaguer. That would be interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know what would be her role. I feel like, I feel like all I can see in my mind is more suicide squad, more her operating within the government, you know, as like a black ops type thing. But, uh, and then that just feels like that's too similar to Peacemaker because that's what Peacemaker was as well. So it very much was Suicide Squad-esque. Yeah, but at least you get like a kind of, well, like you said, like a Black Ops thing. Like, I think that's what they need to do, though, a little bit more. Like, they need to be a little bit more on, you know, not so much superheroes because, you know, right. obviously we're getting, you know, Black Adam and that's going to be its own. I think that's going to be its own thing, which I cannot wait to see that. And then, you know, you're getting Aquaman 2 and The Flash. Like, we we know what the heroes are like. We want to see the villain side. So I think that's why I think an Amanda Waller show could do well because of the fact that you really don't know what to expect and you don't know who could show up because of who she is in the government. Right. Like who, you know, yes, she could bring in, you know, and I know you and I are reading like the current super uh, suicide squad run, you know, when they brought Superboy in there and mm-hmm. Talon and, you know, you could bring in like, a you know, like a C-level hero and like a D-level villain into the show. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I would watch it for sure. I just feel like it'd be it's it's a little too similar themed as Peacemaker. You're gonna have like all these shows that are like kind of the same thing. Now though, here's a little twisty for you. When you were talking, kind of made me think. What if you have Amanda Waller putting together like the Legion of Doom or like a secret society, like a villains type mm. team, like straight up not doing like Task Force X, but like she's like, you know what? Screw this. It's time to go bad. Which we see with Amanda Waller occasionally, where she. She breaks bad for a little while, and then it's shown it like she had ulterior motives, and then she was like almost undercover. But something like that, like a team of villains, would be really cool. Outside yeah. of like the task force or like the black ops, like you're doing it or your head's gonna explode type, you know, <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, they're so. way past that, I think. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, we could probably see that. So we'll see. I'm good. I, I think it's cool. Viola Davis is a great actress, and. uh she nails that role. So, oh yeah, 
All right, so let's move on to uh, our next article. I think, Zach, you have something that you found. Yeah, so this is going to be a little um, just kind of us like giving our opinions and hypothesis here and kind of moving on from the, the DC news. But um, found an article here from comicbookresources.com. It says, Zach Efron is ready to join the MCU. So Zach Efron becomes the latest Hollywood star to express interest in appearing in an upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe movie or TV show. Zach Efron goes on to say he loves the Marvel Universe. I've been a fan of Marvel since I started walking. If the right character comes along and they want me to jump in, I would jump at the opportunity. But despite his enthusiasm for Marvel Studios' shared universe, Efron is not currently attached to any MCU projects at this time. <clears throat> so um, first, though, I will I, I want to say this. I'm excited for his, his next movie coming out, that Firestarter. Um, it's like a Stephen King book based on a Stephen King book. Where he's the dad of like basically this pyrotechnic kind of girl hmm. who has powers. Um, and it looks really creepy and bizarre. It looks really good. But um uh I like Zach Efron, man. I think he is a great actor. I, I think I told you just when I was thinking off the top of my head, like what character well, you know, before we go into that, so like what characters are left, right, for the MCU? I mean, all of our big ones are pretty much taken. So yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, they're, they've, they've talked about a ton of things, like whether it's space, you know, we've talked about it. They need to go right. space. So you have like, you have Nova, you have Darkhawk, mm -hmm. um, you'd have, you know, who's another character that's way out there with like the guardians, um, on your well, okay. guy. you know what? So now I'm thinking though, like, so my, my first theory or my first pick would be he would make besides height, height could be an issue here. Cause I think Zach Efron's a little short, um, I'm going to have to find out how short he is before I call him short here. Um, he, I think Nova would be great. Off the top, that was the first, my first idea was like, boom, Nova, dude. Make him Nova. That'd be awesome. And then He's 5'8", just so you know. Well, that's short. Sorry, guys. <laughs> if you're 5'8", that's short. Honestly, if you're not six foot, you're short. Sorry, everyone out there. Um, but Nova would be good. Darkhawk would be good. But, dude, we've overlooked two massive pools of characters. We got... Fantastic Four. He wouldn't mm -hmm. make a bad Human Torch. Yeah, he would not make a bad Human Torch. And then you have any one of the Marvel's Merry Band of Mutants. He could play an X Men for sure. I don't know which one, but he could be a really good X Men also. Yeah, I could um, see him as a Colossus. Uh, not Colossus, Cyclops. I know, man. I don't want another short Cyclops. They keep picking these short Cyclopses. But you had Wolverine in the original trilogy. You had Wolverine taller than Cyclops. That was some bullshit. Don't get me wrong, Hugh Jackman's amazing, and I like uh, James Marsden, but there was a height differential there that was hard to get past. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they realized that from like reading all the comic book series and animated series at the time. So, uh, yeah, I think Zac Efron ha definitely has a, a chance for the Marvel Universe, and um, you know they they talked about it. Obviously, we recorded last week's episode really early, so you know we didn't get to talk about the Marvel CinemaCon, but of course, mm -hmm. Kevin Feige was at CinemaCon. And he talked about how he's, uh, you know, basically taking a Marvel Studios retreat to talk about the next 10 years of MCU films. Right. They're, they're planning it out. So, you know, everything from now until 2020, 2032, Jesus, I think that 10 years away. Uh, you know, obviously this year with the Black Panther, Doctor Strange is right around the corner, Ms. Marvel. Um, you know, what else is on the docket for this year? Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of shakeup too. I mean, we just saw the article come out that um, is it John Watts, uh, yes. the director of Spider-Man, dropped out of Fantastic Four. Um, I imagine, you know, from what little 
knowledge I have on what Kevin Feige is doing over at Marvel, which is next to none. I would imagine that a lot of this is probably based on if there's going on a retreat, it's how do what's the best way to bring in X-Men and what's the best way to bring in Fantastic Four? I mean, these are the two new properties they just got. Um, and how do you bring them in? Um, who do we get to direct Fantastic Four? What's the best way? Like for X-Men, obviously, there's been some spoilers out there about a possible X-Men showing up in uh, Doctor Strange. So the ball's kind of rolling here on that. Uh, so they probably have a general idea. But, you know, they're always, we, we, what we have known or what we know about Marvel and the MCU is they lead in with these, the big, the big names that we know, right? Like the Avengers and the, the mainstay characters. And then they like to sprinkle in some of these, these little guys, these third level characters that not everyone knows a lot about. So I think that's what they go into is like, okay, let's say we're doing five properties. Here's two or three big dudes. Everyone knows these characters are established. And then let's throw in, I don't know, let's throw in a little Moon Knight. Let's throw in a little Guardians of the Galaxy, which now is so wild to think that was like on the outside, right? But like when Guardians mm -hmm. came out, people didn't know who the hell they were for the most part, unless you were like an avid reader. So um, I, yeah, I think it, it'll be interesting. There's a lot of star power with Zac Efron. He has a lot of fans out there. Um, and look, man, you're always bringing people, trying to bring people over. You'll probably bring a lot of girls over to the comic book uh, movie <laughs> movie scene if you cast Zac Efron and if you put them in like shirtless at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm sitting here looking at a poster right now. Now, of course, this isn't Marvel, but I'm look, sitting here looking at a poster for the Justice League. Once again, we might have a height problem here, but Zac Efron as a Hal Jordan would not be bad. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely see that. But they're Fly doing boy. like the Green Lanterns. Yeah, but they're kind of they're hopefully planning that that uh that Green Lantern show. And right. obviously we still don't know where that's at. You know, nothing's being talked about right now. You know, there, there's so much that we know that's coming out, especially for Marvel. Obviously, even you know, you have the other the Marvels, which is all the Captain Marvel stuff. You have uh Ant Man, you still have Guardians three, like you said. Mm -hmm. You know, again, where do you go? I mean, they've talked about bringing Nova. We we want to see more space stuff. Like I said, Darkhawk, right. Fantastic Four, the the mutants. How do you bring all this stuff in? And then there's all the shows that are still, you know, you have Secret Invasion, you have the Iron Heart show. There's so much that they've announced and that's in the in development. Where do you I, go? I think that's what you kind of do. I think you do it like that. I think you focus on your three big arenas being cosmic type characters, Fantastic Four, and X-Men. And then the shows on Disney Plus, you can kind of use those to kind of still be in the um, the Avengers universe, so to speak, right? Like the street level type characters, like the Echoes and the Daredevils and and Ms. Marvel and those kind of characters to kind of still be like, hey, look, we haven't forgotten about the Avengers because obviously we got to keep coming back and touching on them because they kind of lead the whole pack. But I do think those, sorry, I left one out. The one we always talk about too, the supernatural. They really need to, and- Honestly, I think we 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 both kind of hypothesized that Doctor Strange might open that up. This multiverse of madness might open up the supernatural, but it feels like more and more you see the previews doesn't feel so supernaturally anymore. Yeah, I guess we'll 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 see that tomorrow. Yeah. What do you think of uh Ghost Rider? Zach Efron? <sighs> like where is he going to show up? No, no, no. I'm saying how what would you how would you feel? If Zac Efron was Ghost Rider. Oh, Zac Efron is Ghost Rider. I mean, I'm cool with it. You wouldn't be the guy I would, I wouldn't pick as he doesn't have like a Johnny Blaze feel to him. He definitely feels more like a like a Dick Rider, like a Richard Rider than a, mm -hmm. a Johnny Blaze. 
But I mean, you put him on a bike, a stunt, a stunt guy. I, mean, I could see it. I could see it. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed to it by any means. The thing about Johnny Blaze, man, is he's not like. There's certain characters where like their alter their alter egos don't really matter that much. You know what I mean? Like you don't. It's like who, who, gives, a, who gives a fuck about Johnny Blaze? Show me Ghost Rider. You know, turn the dude's head on fire. That's what I want to see. <laughs> so well, yeah, but it, you can't be that the whole time. Just of course. Like, you know, Moon Knight's the same way. So yeah uh but yeah i guess it's we'll have we'll have to wait and see you know i heard rumor mill that the uh the guy from what was that the den of thieves is gonna was possibly gonna be playing wolverine um which one was den of thieves with uh and gerard butler oh uh pablo schreiber oh the guy who plays halo uh master yes. master chief yes yeah 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 i like him dude and you're not you know what once we're done talking about this conversation, we should talk about Halo a bit. Um, I the like problem is, though with him is he's tall as hell. He's, he's tall as hell, yeah, dude. And he's huge. He's huge. Yeah, he's the just other... jacked, but I think he'd be awesome, like an like an as an animal. Yeah, he's a, he's good, dude. I do like him a lot. Um, the other one that's always talked about. Have you ever watched this show, uh, Letterkenny? I heard of it. I just it's never pretty. It. It's hilarious, dude. It's, it's really funny. Um, it's like a. Uh, like a sitcom uh, like a, a comedy sitcom on you can find it on hulu okay. and it has to deal with like some city in uh, canada and it's stupid but it's really really funny but the main guy jared uh kiso Kesso, or something like that there's always been rumors of him as well playing like a wolverine just because in the show he's kind of like a a brawler and he gets like big shouldered and he beats the shit out of people <laughs> all the time um but yeah okay. i don't know man i the Wolverine casting, it's risky, dude. How do you how do you recast Hugh Jackman? It's like recasting uh Robert Downey Jr., bro. I don't, yeah, know, how but you, I don't know how you do it. I, I listen, I still think that the the X-Men, when they redid those, I think you know, Fastbender was a was perfect as Magneto and, and James Avery was perfect as right. X. I think, you know, I'm sure people said that the same thing. Like, oh geez, you know, Patrick Stewart's yeah. always been Professor X, but but that's Yo, different they, they though. You got jobs. to with that one, you got to pick age. That was like, hey, look, they're the younger version. It wasn't like you picked a new character or you recast it. It wasn't a reboot. It was just a younger version. So you kind of can get away with that. They never recast Wolverine. They never yeah. like redid his, you know, character at all. Um Yeah, so, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know. Well, it's just it opens up such a wormhole that we're right, even... for sure. Again, Feige's just gonna have to figure it out. So yeah, figure it the fuck out, Feige. So all right, um, let's move on to uh, what are we currently reading? So um, of course, what are we currently reading? Talking about all different comic books this week. I feel like it was a little uh, light on the books, mm. if, I, if I wouldn't say. Why don't you, you start? Because I have some. I have. I have something Ooh. kind of epic to talk about. Oh, someone that I something that I don't know. All right, so uh, I. Listen, it's May the 4th. I have to talk about it. Obi-Wan, issue number one. Definitely up there on my honorable mentions. Of course, his five-issue miniseries uh, talks about Obi-Wan. You know, kind of starts off with Obi-Wan as his older self. I, I kind of feel like they're they're bringing things from kind of the journals of Obi-Wan, which was something that they threw as, like, backstories in season series two of Star Wars from the 2015 run. Um, but we get to see some awesome stuff. Him as a young Padawan introducing his uh a little uh, i guess it would be a, like a love thing uh it's a girl her name's uh garen you know they kind of go on go off on this little adventure 
they leave the Jedi temple. They run into some, some bad guys. You've seen, uh, you know, them kind of use some force powers, which is really interesting. And then we also get like a, a first appearance of a villain, you know, something brand new, uh, uh, Nor Norris Norris Gay or Get K, I think her name was. That was the Zabrik, right? Yeah, yeah. Same the Black Sun guy. Like. Yeah. Yep. So interesting, but I think I don't know if it's going to be if each issue is going to be him as a Padawan or they're going to kind of skip around because if you've seen the different covers that they've been showing off in solicitation, right? You've seen uh, a cover with him and Cody. So like, are they going to skip around to like the Clone Wars era? Are they going to? you know, move around with him and maybe Anakin, you're going to see him training Anakin. So um, definitely. I think the, the next cover has him and Qui-Gon also. So I think you're going to see some well, of this the, one the did Qui-Gon too. It had, had the, it had the peach, the peach Momoka one. Oh, okay. I guess I, at the end of the book, when it showed like, you know, sometimes it'll show like next week's book or next month's book. Yeah. It looked like it was more focused on like his, his uh, training with Qui-Gon, which oh, I think I mean, would be it, awesome. It definitely, it definitely could be, but uh you know, I, I had to, I had to put that in there for, of course, you know, May the Fourth. Uh, but you know, for me, you know, this week another book that that I've been reading because it was definitely uh, I feel like it was very DC heavy. There was a lot of books, and that's the uh, the new DC the the mini series that they got with uh, Flashpoint Beyond, and I loved Jeff Johns. Flashpoint was amazing. Um, this you know new six part mini series Flashpoint Beyond, of course, being main thing in that Flashpoint universe is really awesome because it's got of course, Thomas Wayne, Batman, and kind of what would happen if that universe didn't end. Uh, you have, of course, Aquaman and Wonder Woman going back and forth with their battle. And basically, Thomas Wayne is trying to find out what has happened in this universe. Because if you read both uh, Batman Flash the Button and also the, the lead up to this uh, in the Justice League, you're going to see some things. So I'm pretty excited. You know, Jeff Johns does a great job writing. Sometimes it's it's tough, but you know what? For the, the price of this book and the what you get inside, it's it's pretty awesome. So I'm looking forward to see how this Flashpoint Beyond universe runs out. Nice. Uh, did you did you read either of them? I haven't read that one. I read the Obi Wan. Um, I wanted to read. I'll probably read Flashpoint the Beyond. I kind of wanted to go back and read. Um, well, I was thinking about rewriting Flashpoint, but then I knew myself too well that I get in all the little like side stories, so I just decided not to. <laughs> yeah. But um, I do like it. I think it, it's cool. I'm definitely interested in that. Um, before I launch into my books, I, I do want to kind of talk about uh, some like like not I don't want to say garbage of the weeks, but like letdown of the week. I guess. Did you get any of your? Um, I talked to you about this today, and I can't remember what you told me. Any of your free comic book day books? No, so I did, but I haven't gotten the the, the gold ones. I got like uh, Tresse, I got Kaiju something, and I got one other one. I didn't get any of the main ones yet. Not okay. yet, but I will get them on like Saturday. So I got the Avengers X-Men one and the Spider-Man Venom one. I didn't get the Dark Crisis, the DC one yet. But okay. I know, and the only reason I want to bring this up is because we talked about it last week. But I read the the Bloodline storyline at the end of this, the Avengers X-Men one. It was okay. underwhelming. Um, <laughs> it was just not like whatever the hype is on this. Like they're gonna have to make this character a lot cooler, man. Because it was it was weird. I didn't really understand. She's like, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to ruin anything. But it was strange. I don't. Know, my opinion of the little story, I thought it was kind of strange. Mm -hmm. But um, before I get into the books, I liked a couple honorable mentions as well. They had giant size X Men Thunderbird uh, one shot, which I thought was 
really awesome. So, you, I mean, everyone knows with the X-Men, everyone's resurrected at this point pretty much. And they finally brought back the first X-Men to ever die, Thunderbird. And uh, he's as cantankerous as he always has been. He's kind of hard to read, honestly. He showed up in um, the recent run X-Men Red and like in a few other issues, I think. And I was like, God damn, dude, like this guy's just grumpy. <laughs> like it was hard to read. I was like, yeah, he's just like miserable asshole. And so they do a one shot with him. They kind of dive a little bit more into why he feels the way he does. Like, you know, he's always known for just being the first X-Men to die. And of course he's either like a mutant or he's an Apache and he's always on the outs, but it's a very interesting issue. And I liked what they were doing with this character. I'd love to see more of him. I know he's going to play a, a more prominent role in the X-Men Red series moving forward, but um, that was cool. I was really glad to see Thunderbird come back. Um, the other honorable nice. mention I know that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago was that Twig Number 1 by Scotty Young. Um, at first, dude, when I was reading it, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, This is kind of weird. <laughs> and, then, and then you know what? It kind of gave me vibes of. It gave me vibes of a video game. It really gave me video game vibes. Like, It felt like, do you remember... I'm sure you do because I know you're a big gamer like me or you're a bigger gamer than I am. But the game I feel like that really, I, I don't know. I played games forever, but the one that always sticks in my mind is Zelda Ocarina of Time. And the, oh, of course. The, yeah. the feeling of how I played Ocarina of Time in the beginning when you're in like the Deku Forest and you're like little Link and you're mm -hmm. running around and there's all these big trees and faces and stuff. That's what Twig reminded me of, the first issue. <laughs> like you don't right, know anything well. about what's going on, but Twig's on this mission and uh, he's going on adventures and that's what it tells you. And there's like this little, he's got a sidekick kind of like Navi, the fairy, you know, mm -hmm. um, it, it had very much like video game esque vibes to me. Like I could see them turning this book into like a straight up video game and I would play the shit out of it. So right. um, maybe that's why I did see uh, bird city comics did have a eight bit variant. I know I, I was, I was reading an article today that said this, this title, this issue one had 66 variants. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, it actually young. came from cover price. I was reading the cover price email today and they said it's 66 variants, which was more than all of stray dogs. Number one combined because <sighs> it took stray dogs. Not until like the newer series, like the dog days, yeah. it, you know, the, the regular initial series didn't have many variants, but Damn. 66 exclusive variants is just crazy for this series. And, and we've talked about it, you know, about a month Sounds or two like a ago. bad book to spec on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, unless you're going for the one in 50 or the one in 100s, obviously yeah. those are the rarer ones. But uh, yeah, the, we talked about how the, the pre-orders was crazy high for this book. Mm -hmm. It was cool, though. I think it's worth checking out for sure. I, I yeah. suggest it. Yeah, just before we went live, you know, like I told you, I was I literally just opened it up. But unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to read it. So I'll, I'll finish it up, uh, you know, once yeah. uh, this episode's over. So And I know I'm both of us. It looked cool. You know, Scotty Young definitely has some great yeah. art, So We both talked about, I think both of us, talked about one to read this dogs of London from aftershock comics by Peter mm -hmm. Milligan, which I, I have it here. It's the last book I haven't read this week. So I'm not sure about that one. Um, so pick of the week. First off, I need to come out. I'm a bigger, I'm a big man here. Okay. When I'm wrong, I, uh -oh. I, I want to, I will admit that I'm wrong when I'm wrong and I need to issue a formal apology and I shouldn't be surprised that I'm apologizing about this, but so in preparation for this upcoming Avengers, X-Men, Eternals crossover, I was like, you know what? Because I re obviously I read X-Men and Avengers ongoing. I was like, I need to go back and read these Eternal books. Um, I had been collecting them since day one, the Kieran Gillen run. I don't know what it was about it, 
I mean, everyone can, everyone probably knows this. Sometimes you get in like a, a zone when you're reading and something just doesn't click when you're reading at that time. And then like later you read it again, you're like, okay, well now I'm actually feeling it. I don't know what it was about the Eternals. I think I got through issues one and two, maybe three. When I first was collecting them, like, you know, monthly. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't feeling it at all. And I was like, God damn, man. Like, Kieran Gillen, too. Like, he's one of my favorite writers. Like, this is this is really, really weird. I picked these books up a couple days ago. I was like, okay. I, they've been sitting on my desk here. The whole stack of them. All, every issue that's came out. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try to read these. Free comic book days coming out. This Judgment Day storyline. It's awesome. It is so good. It is really, really good. There's a lot of dialogue, but there's a lot of explanation of like, the Eternals have a very convoluted history as well. Um, in terms of like, there's so many of them, but he really breaks down the history of the Eternals like throughout the Marvel Universe at like a good pace that it's not like uh, thrown at you all at once where you're like, whoa, whoa, who's who's Uranus? Who's Where's Thanos playing? Where, who's, mm-hmm. you know... Icarus, all the different families. There's all the different like communities of Eternals and what the roles are and everything like that. It doesn't overwhelm you. They kind of like you take bites out of it and it starts to introduce the characters. You get a little bit more. And he does this really cool thing of like showing like kind of like backstory flashbacks within about that aren't really super like mainstay of like the storyline, but it'll give you like a hey, here's an interaction between Druig and uh, Makari or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it shows you like a flashback, gives you a little pocket view of their character. Um, it's really, really good. And the, oh, the, the other po- plot point that they do throughout this is it's narrated by um, the what's called the world or the machine. So mm-hmm. the machine is planet Earth. So basically the theme is the Eternals protect Earth from the deviants, but also Earth is the machine. And so the machine at the, at the start of the run is like damaged. And so it's kind of like this, almost think of it like an AI that's also kind of like talking funny because it's damaged. So it's, it's saying weird shit. And it's also like speaking about how it's saying weird shit. Like, oh, why did I say that? I'm out of my mind or something like that. So there's a lot of comedy as well throughout the series. Um, it's really good. I was surprised. I, I burned through like the first eight issues and then I had to go do something. I was like, man, I really want to get back and finish these. So there's... The main books, which I think are up to issue 11 right now, I think is the most current one. But then there's also some one shots that like must be read as well. Like it's Eternals, the Heretic, um, Eternal Celestia. They kind of like focus on certain aspects of the story. But dude, it's really, really good. Like if, if you haven't read it, I suggest, I know you're not a big Marvel guy. And so that... If you're not a big Marvel well, person, I have to go back and actually start this series because I, I don't really know too much about the Marvel uh, about the Eternals. So right. starting well, you, from scratch. To be honest, like, you don't have to. You really, really? don't. Yeah. Right. So I've only read the only thing I knew about the I read Neil Gaiman's run on Eternals. I think I read one other series of Eternals, and then obviously the movie. Right. So knowing the movie is kind of like enough to give you a good foot into like who their characters are. Some of the characters are different than the movie, but some are very much the same. Like Kingo is, is a little bit closer to his movie counterpart in terms of like personality. Oh, yeah, um, I'm sure they wanted to change that to right to fit. To that fit. Exactly. But it's good, man. It's, it's really good. I, and like I said, formal apology for talking shit on it. And I don't think I talked too much shit. I just said, I wasn't really feeling it at all, but I like it. It's really, really good. So if anyone's reading, they're probably like, yeah, finally, Manimal, you finally figured it out. But if you're not, you should check it out. <laughs> yeah, good. well, 
That's good. I mean, you know, we, we talked about it back uh, earlier this year about the free comic book day. So at least it gets you right into the mood to, you know, continue. And yeah, Kieran Gillen, you know, obviously right. I didn't, I didn't talk about it this week, but we finally hit issue 25 on once in future, which was amazing. Oh, I haven't read it yet. Oh yeah, dude. So dope with Robin hood and introducing the merry men. And when you read it, nice, it's really, it's really awesome. Uh, the introduction of the merry men and, and what Robin hood is all about. So um, good issue as well. So, um, that's it, man. Uh, great episode here. Season two, episode 18. Again, if you're in the Connecticut area next week, make sure you go check out the Three Men in a Basement comic swap up in Newington, Connecticut. You can find them on Instagram at Three Men in a Basement or email them at Three Men in a Basement at gmail.com. Uh, of course, this weekend, if you're listening to this early enough, this Saturday, I am having a huge Star Wars mystery box whatnot sale. Ooh. I have 25, count them, 25 mystery boxes that are including two CGC slabs, 10 raw books, and an exclusive art print. There's 10 different art prints, um, one in each pack. So uh, each different characters from, got to give a shout out to my buddy, Livio Ramondelli, of course, who's been here on the podcast. Uh, contacted him and he uh, you know we got some prints made for tons of Star Wars characters so it's all Star Wars this Saturday so if you're listening to this early enough make sure you bookmark the show because if you bookmark depending on the bookmarks prior to the show depends on the grand prize so right now as of recording this we were at about 30 which means we hit the Kanan number one 9.8 we hit 50 we got a Darth Vader number three first appearance of Dr. Afra in a 9.8 and if we hit 100 100 Clone Wars number one in a CGC 9.4. So that's uh, wow, pretty great prizes. So be nuts. Are good. might have to throw in a, a bookmark there just to up the, up the ante there. I, hey, I had uh, someone said I may have to create 80 more accounts. And I said, hey, <laughs> do what you got to do. Get me more followers. What, what not is definitely not the kind of, it's not like easy, like easy as other places to create profiles. It'd be, <laughs> it'd take a long time. So uh, what about you? Closing words, sir. No, nothing. I'm I'm super excited. Obviously, when this comes out, I'll have already seen Doctor Strange. Um, I hope everyone gets to see it this weekend. We will probably do a review, which, like always, will drop Monday um, for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Which, man, like I'm like I'm saying, it's it's kind of been hyped as being the um, the pivotal movie of this phase so to speak oh of, definitely uh, yeah, the yeah. we're, we're going to talk about this so much once we see right. once you and i see the movie and we and we do our bonus content um, so uh, i'm excited for that and that's all i got going on man just uh plugging cool. along i did re- reserve my rooms for Terrificon, so uh, so did i i'm as for sure going as i, as I ever <laughs> can be for sure going god i mean who knows what happens with my schedule but um i'm looking forward to that for sure all right cool so uh yeah the uh the comic-con podcast will be at terrificon uh, at the end of july so uh if you don't know about terrificon it is uh the probably one of the best comic cons to go to because it's inside the mohegan sun casino so you literally never have to walk outside unless you want to have a cigarette because you could literally walk from the hotel through the uh casino floor right into the convention center you mm-hmm. never have to leave it's perfect so <laughs> gonna be a lot of fun so um that's it from everyone here at the comic-con podcast uh we'll check you out next week peace out everybody later